Hello America and everywhere else in the world. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Corey Has a Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Easley. And away we go. Um, I'm here today to talk to you guys about drugs and alcohol and what it does to your body and what it does to people's families. Just rips them apart like a fucking piece of loose leaf paper in the notebooks that you draw little dicks on in the back of it. And then you tap your friend on the shoulder and you go check out these little dicks I've been drawing, bro. This one's wearing a cowboy hat. This one's riding a skateboard. I actually got in trouble for that in um, seventh grade. So um, I did it before the movie Superbad came out. So when that part happened in the movie, I, I fucking... I was like, holy shit, this is crazy because this is a real fucking thing. If anybody doesn't know what I'm talking about, you've had plenty of time to watch this movie. Um, so, spoiler alert. And that's a pause for you to fucking turn this shit off for a second or look away, look away real quick. Um, and the movie's super bad. Uh, Jonah Hill's character, whose name is Seth in the movie, got was telling a story about how he got in about why this girl named becca is a bitch because his friend liked her but he didn't like her because when they were in like middle school or something he was sitting there just drawing pictures of dicks she saw what he was drawing she ratted him out and then he got in trouble for it and had to go to therapy because he was so obsessed with dicks and he was like i couldn't even eat foods that were shaped like dicks you know how many foods are shaped like dicks the best kinds And um, I don't necessarily agree with that. You know what I mean? I love a hot dog, but like, what else is shaped like a dick? A banana? That's it. Two things? Come on. Easy, right? I'm a burger guy. I love a fucking delicious burger. But anyway, I got in trouble in seventh grade for that. I was sitting down with my friend Jonathan, who actually, shout out to him, he comes up occasionally. Um, He's the mastermind behind the musical intro of this podcast this here podcast the if you like it if it sounds like something that it sounds inspired to get you you understand that that sound is associated with hello america right that's uh that's what happens um he and i one time had a conversation about the song blood on the leaves by kanye west and uh, uh, we both agreed that that song probably has one of the hardest drops of any song ever in the history of hip hop. Um, and Kanye West will be the guy to do that because he's an innovator. I was thinking recently about some of Kanye's best work. I think my beautiful dark twisted fantasy is probably one of the best albums I've ever listened to in my life. And there's there's a lot of classic gold out there. I'm one of those I'm stuck in the fucking past too. Like I only really fuck with the people that were dope when I was growing up. I'm just getting past that age of like if some twenty year old kid is talking about an artist I may not know who it is to be honest with you unless they collaborate with somebody but hey you know that's what it is so I'm doing this new thing oh wait so let me tell you the story so me and Jonathan shout out to Jonathan um we were sitting we were sitting in art class together my art teacher Miss McArdle did not show up 
to work that day. So we had a substitute teacher who basically a substitute teacher is basically just a fucking babysitter. You get a you you get a babysitter for free pay, especially in an art class. You ever have a substitute teacher try to come into your class and actually teach? It just doesn't fucking work. And if the substitute teacher is a fucking pushover, you know, there's a part of me that feels like substitute teachers should get paid a higher hourly rate wage than regular teachers. Because, yo, I've seen some substitute teachers get fucked their assholes eaten alive by some of these fucking kids. And, and me included being in that group. Um, doesn't matter where you're at. Public school, private school, whatever. If you show one sign of weakness in front of these kids, you if you're not in control of this classroom, it's a fucking wrap and you're going to be miserable for the next 40 minutes, which I think that's the standard length of a class period. But um, yeah, so we, we had a substitute art teacher this day. We were in seventh grade, Henry Hudson IS-125, located in the Bronx, New York, on Pugsley Avenue, actually, if you're familiar. If you're not, you can look it up, and it's still there, because I walked past it. I actually went inside it, but probably about two years ago, walked inside that building as a full-blown adult, and walked through the hallways that I walked through as a fucking child, that I walked through as a six, seven-year-old kid, and um, everything seemed smaller, right? When you when you go somewhere that you haven't been since you were a kid and you walk in, it's like, whoa, I, I just thought everything was huge. Everything seems so small. Like, you feel like a giant. Um, but so we had this substitute teacher. We're 12 years old. And um, so we're a bunch of dickheads. And we start sitting there drawing pictures of each other and drawing dicks and stuff like that and just being... A bunch of perverted little boys, to be honest. You know, it's like shortly after you discovered porn. So you are you have this fucking really perverted mind. You don't know what to do with your, um, you know, with the fact that you have the information and you know that grownups have been fucking the whole time. And you, and you start understanding, at least you think you understand how it works. But you don't. You don't understand what's attached to it two people having a sexual relationship at that time all you know is it seems like it might be cool to do it eventually and um you uh you kind of are a badass if you're like a little older and mature and you're already doing it or something like that i don't know i don't really remember i can't really channel what my what i thought about it when i was fucking 12 years old i just knew that it existed um so we're drawing all this shit The lady starts walking around the classroom. She must have been bored or something. You know, this was, we, there were landline, there were phones attached to the wall that you would call down to the principal's office and be like, you know, it was that kind of shit. It was old school. So she comes over, she looks at our paper. We're doing it on this giant construction paper. Like there's this mural of like pictures of dudes jerking off. Uh, titties, dicks, ass, balls, dogs with huge dicks, like people riding skateboards with their dicks dragging on the floor, like shit like that, you know? And um, obviously this woman was like, what, like, she didn't say, what the fuck? But she said the equivalent of that, of what you would say to a 
group of 12 year old boys who thought that this was hilarious like we thought that it was the funniest shit in the world and uh so my they called they took me to the dean they called my parents but my stepdad came in and he saw it and he you know was like listen i'm not gonna tell your mom about that yo i don't you know it's funny i think to this day to this day my uh mom doesn't know about that I think my mom does not know about the time that I got in trouble for drawing a bunch of fucked up pictures at school at 12 years old. And I'm glad she doesn't know. I'm glad she didn't know because she probably would have overreacted. Um, probably would have had a pastor come to the house and pray on me or some shit. Um, and I don't, I, I didn't need that. I have bigger issues to worry about. Like trying to understand what the fuck grownups were doing all this time behind our backs. You know, I was going to get to the bottom of it. And I did. Eventually, I figured it out. I became a grown-up myself and started realizing um, what the fuck actually goes on. Um, And it's not what you think. It's not what you think as a kid. Because everything you think is wrong when you're a kid. You ever seen that movie, Matilda? I'm big, you're small. I'm right, you're wrong. I'm smart, you're dumb. And there's nothing you can do about it. That's how grown-ups feel towards you when you're a kid, at least back when I was growing up. So everything I said was stupid. Everything I thought was dumb, right? Apparently. Wrong. Which is a great segue into what I want to talk about. Let me clear my throat. Uh, I have been doing this thing the past couple of days where I make a note in my notes, where else, of... Anytime I talk to myself in a negative way, because I'm trying to find a balance. I'm trying to find a um, a way to be stern with myself. Because if I'm going to be talking to myself, I got to be treating myself with a level of respect, right? Because I talk to myself a lot. And sometimes I'll catch myself being like, come on, man, hurry up, you fucking asshole. Or like, you know what I mean? Like, or Jesus Christ, you missed the light, you piece of shit. You know what I mean? Like shit like that. So, and then I'll have to stop and take a note of it. You know what I mean? Or like I'm in the middle of something, ah, you fucking suck. You know, and, and this is me talking to myself. So that's why occasionally if I get into a, if I get into a fucking argument with somebody and I just go ham, it's because, like, man, you think that's bad. You should honestly hear the type of shit that I say to myself when I'm fucking <laughs> in a pinch. You know what I mean? That's no excuse, though, right? We don't... There's no excuse to treat people like, what, if I said that to you, you think I wouldn't say that to you? It's like, where does that come from? Hurt people hurt people. That's why, right? There is a... There's a... I think there's a responsibility that we all have to ourselves as we get older meet so many people you've encountered so many different types of people from different backgrounds different personalities can't please everybody we know that but you can coexist in a respectful way but i think a thing that's more important than anything in dealing with other people is really learning yourself i'm on this mission right now i said to my boy the other day i said I want to get to a point where my pride is like not something that damages 
opportunities, like, or my relationships with people I care about and things like that. Or pride, my pride could be something that blocks people from actually trying to help me. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody will give me advice. A guy said to me, you should do this thing because it's going to help you get it's going to help you get in better shape. Now, your pride could make you go, how the hell is this guy going to tell me to get in better shape? I am in good shape, right? Like, what's he trying to say? But realistically, you could think, you know what? This person's intentions are to help me get to another level. This person's trying to help me level up. And I can take this with respect and be like, thank you, you're right, and keep it moving. Instead of sitting there going, yeah, yeah, sure. And then a couple of weeks go by and I go, man, you know what? I should have been listening to this person. Um, And I didn't want to listen to it because it didn't seem like it was my idea, which is stupid. I feel like not accepting people who are trying to help you help is fucking dumb. You know what I mean? Like... We we do better when certain things I feel like are you can like alleviate some stress and focus on things when you got other people working in your life trying to help you get there. Synergy. You know, collective efforts to help you get better and better and better. And getting better is a is a tricky road. Getting better and and, and it's by respectfully by respectfully by your definition of getting better what does that mean to you are you an artist you want your art to get better what does that entail doing more of it upping the frequency of creating um you a photographer bringing your camera everywhere you go i was talking to my boy he's a photographer he's, he announced i'm gonna start just having my camera on me all the time why not you're a photographer right you are what you say you are, then do it. I am whatever I say I am. No, whatever you say I am. All right, that was the, that was the Eminem shit. I fucked it up. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, if you are the thing you say you are, then be the thing you say you are. It's easy to you meet people and they go, oh, what do you do? And then you tell them the thing you do and then you start thinking in the back of your mind, but I haven't done that in fucking months. So are you that or are you full of shit? Right? You got to ask yourself the hard questions. I know that I've been such a prideful motherfucker that in the past that it's just not really, it kind of is a, it slows you down. You know what I mean? If you are a person who is fortunate enough to have good people in their lives that want to help you succeed and want to see you succeed. Fucking let them help you. And that shit is harder than you think. Because sometimes you could have motherfuckers in your life. Yo, I had a, I had a fucking really harsh realization the other day. And I'm going to be fucking candid with you guys here. Because this is how I do it. I keep it so fucking real, right? Um, for a very long time. I spent many days and many nights getting as drunk as I possibly fucking could and smoking and drinking and 
you know, sometimes even doing some drugs. Oh, yeah. And I'll tell you something else, brother. And it's fun, right? And it's a good time and you're out and everybody's doing it. You know, I decided last November after a very good friend of mine's birthday. I woke up in the morning, not super hungover, but I thought, hey, you know what you could do, Corey? You know what you could do is you could just take a little hiatus, right? Like an extended hiatus. And at the time, I think I was just feeling really down on myself. I think I hadn't, I think I was so, there was like a, just a film around my soul that I couldn't really reach through. It was just like this layer, you know what I mean? Like my soul had a fucking condom on, you know? So I couldn't really get to it, you know what I mean? Yeah, do you ever try to have sex with someone wearing a condom? You know? Might as well just jerk off. But no, um, I really felt like... I spent a long time doing the same thing over and over again. So I wanted to... um, take some time to just have clarity for a long time I have an addictive personality therefore you have to operate in a certain way if you want to make better choices my choice was at that point to make an attempt to become addicted to things that are good for me you know work on my creativity, hone my skills in writing some comedy stuff, writing out ideas, talking right here. This is an art form. Believe it or not, people have a difficult time expressing themselves. I have a difficult time expressing myself. I'm just doing it right here because I'm sitting here by myself. The crazy thing about it is I do have an audience and thank you guys for listening to the show every week. Love you guys. Um, but yeah, sometimes you can get vulnerable and getting vulnerable is honestly fucking hard. It's it's hard. It's hard to be vulnerable, especially when you grew up with people telling you not to let them see you cry and shit like that. It's like, yeah, I guess, you know, when you're vulnerable, it's kind of like you got to unlearn all the shit that you learned. Right. So I just wanted to get better. I wanted to improve my relationships. I wanted to not wake up to my wife saying shit to me like, do you know what you said last night? And I got to fucking sit there and be like, I'm fucking whatever you say. I'm probably not going to be surprised because it sounds like the asshole that I turned into. So I haven't had that happen to me in a long time. right? It's been um, like nine fucking months since I've even had a drink at all. Um, And it's been dope. And one thing that I noticed and I thought about this today is I feel way less insecure about myself my insecurity was at such a fucking high level and insecurity brings out ugliness in people brings out jealousy makes you manipulative so you so you can work things out to be in your favor to where you feel comfortable fuck everybody else whatever makes you feel comfortable is important you become very selfish with insecurity Um, and it's just not a good look, man. Like, so for me, I'm not one of those people that could enjoy booze the way I did because I fucking overdid it, right? 
But I had this sobering thought the other day. I've been sober for fucking nine months. Can you believe it? I had this thought the other day that it was like, yo, the sad shit is I know motherfuckers that if I walked into the bar, fucking got hammered, did like 15 shots of Jameson and went in the bathroom and snorted a bunch of cocaine, that would be like, yeah, he's back. Instead of being like, Damn, man, he was doing so fucking well. Really sucks to see that. Like, I know that there's people that would do the first thing before they did the second thing. And I was driving and I thought about that shit. And it fucking really, I was like, wow, that really sucks to think that. But there's nothing wrong with the fact that yo, you can't control how motherfuckers feel or how people react to the shit you do. But after a while, when you start taking control of the decisions you make and start kind of becoming the architect of your own life. Everybody else is doing that shit too. You know what I mean? Yo, there's people's stories that I'm the villain in that story. You know what I mean? And you're the villain in somebody's story. You're the hero in your own story. And you're just a fucking secondary character in pretty much everybody else's story. You know what I mean? You're just a cast member. You're like fucking... You're like Norm who walks into the bar and cheers. You know what I mean? Or maybe a, a sooner reference. I don't fucking know. I just thought of cheers. A show of people with friends and shit. But you know what I mean? Like whoever you are, that's who you are. You got to look out for yourself. And I think sometimes it's scary because there's a certain level of isolation that you feel when you start actively trying to get your life together um, and stop doing the same shit that you were doing since you were fucking 18 years old. Um, You kind of start to create a little bit of distance between yourself and, and most of the people in your life sometimes. But I think the right people gravitate towards you as well. I don't think it has to be looked at in a negative way. And I think the right people stick by you and support you. You know what I mean? I just hate, I hate waiting for tragedy to happen for people to come together. I think we should just all be trying to, you know, just, just remind each other we got each other's back. You know what I mean? More than just social media presence and all that shit. Like, yo, be there for each other. Give somebody a fucking hug. Um, damn, this got all fucking sappy. I didn't even get to be, be, I didn't even get to be funny. You're never funny. I didn't even get to be funny. You're not cute. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, that's, that's what was on my mind, you know? So my, my self-talk has been important to me, you know, on, in the same token, I, uh, also realized that I really just like being rude. I like being rude as shit. Not not like genuinely rude with venom, but like I like to just answer in the rudest way possible. For a while, there was this, there was a period of time where my mom would call me on the phone, and when I answer the phone, I got to step back for this because I would really do this shit. I would answer the phone, I'd be like, "What?" That's how I would answer the <laughs> the phone when my mom called. That she did not like that. It was a bit to me. It was just for me. I was the only person who liked it. No one else in the world liked that bit. But, um, yeah, just being rude has always been funny to me. I remember this show, Jenny Jones, when I was growing up. There was this dude named Rude Jude, and he would go around just saying wild shit to people. You know what I mean? Like, on the street. Like, he would have, like, a man on the street style. He'd have a microphone. Yeah, hey, back to you, back to you, Jude. And he'd be on the street 
going up to motherfuckers like I don't know. He would just say wild shit like elef- like whatever the elephant in the room is, he would just straight up point it out. You know what I mean? So um, that was back when you could do that without getting canceled. People get canceled now. It's funny. Like I was thinking about people getting canceled. I'm like, where do you are you unhirable now, right? Like in general or just in entertainment? Are you not allowed to do the thing that you were doing? So do you go get a job somewhere? Right, you see someone get canceled. Next thing you know, you walk into Home Depot to get some fuck to get a fucking box of screws or some shit, and then you got fucking Jimmy Kimmel right there ringing you up at the register. Like, wouldn't that be fucking crazy? Not to say that Kimmel is gonna be canceled. I'm just saying as an example. Fucking relax. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. My main message for today is. Self-talk. What is your self-talk like? Do you need to fucking evaluate it? Do you need to evaluate your self-talk? And is your soul wearing a condom? Because if it is, yo, take that condom off and raw dog it. Clarity is dope. Um, Openly communicating is underrated. Say how you feel. Somebody right now doesn't know what the fuck you meant when you said, can we... And said, don't worry about it. I'm not mad. Because you didn't express yourself. That's the pussy way out. And the real shit is, you know what? This You did this and it hurt my fucking feelings. And I feel like I'm owed an apology. You're probably not going to give it to me because you're a piece of shit. But at least I'm being honest with you about how I felt. Right? Even that is open communication. Just keep that in mind, guys. Listen. I have two announcements. One. I am on the show, Wild Nights with Rocky. I'm a huge fan. Rocky Powell, part of the fucking, I'm, I'm, I'm officially, I think, part of the Party God Squad. Hopefully, I'm inducted into it. Um, I'm kind of, I'm not that cool, but Rocky is super fucking cool. And I'm not even trying to be cool by saying I'm not that cool, even though, is this reverse psychology? Who fucking knows? It's up to you. Um, I'm on Wild Nights with Rocky podcast. Check her out. She's all over the streaming services, just like I am. She's on Apple. Pop on to Apple, Wild Nights with Rocky. Leave her a fucking comment. Leave her a rating. It helps. Um, leave me a comment and rating, too, if you have time. And um, check out my episode. It's airing the same day as this is airing. Also, the same day as this I am in a show at the Asylum Theater in NYC on West 26th Street at 9.30 p.m. Um, come down and check out Beverly. It's a sketch show. Gary Denoya put this whole fucking squad together. And I got to be honest with you. Every time I meet up with this cast, I feel like magic is happening. We're taking it to Fringe. We're taking it to Edinburgh. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Take care of your fucking loved ones. Give somebody a goddamn hug. Give somebody a kiss on the mouth with your fucking COVID-19 Delta variant having ass. Whoo! All right, guys. Take care of yourselves. I'll talk to you real soon. Later.